We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back, score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch, or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. To be honest, I would put myself in the same category as D-Wade. Now Artest is jumped over the scorer's table. Artest is in the stands. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. When I go to the writers to tell me who can guard in this league, I'll put a gun to my own head. Welcome to the award-winning Roto-Wire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It's Wednesday, July 8th, 2020. Alex Berutha here, sitting next to me is Shannon McEwen, and on the line is Ken K. Train Kreitz. All aboard! It has been a long, long time since we've done a podcast oh, together. I uh, mm. It must have been like right before the season ended. Um, since then, <laughs> <laughs> Nick and I have been uh, doing some podcasts, but we haven't. Um, I guess Total I. Filibustering, if you will? Yes. Yeah, I've been doing some filibustering. <laughs> Uh, just a quick start off. Uh, how have you guys been doing? I guess, Ken, you've been living at home with, are your kids there with you? Our brief, like five months of empty nesting ended and we have two college kids that would far rather be at college than with their parents, but I've shifted gears, Alex, and I'm wasting a wonderful amount of time on Aussie rules football. Love it. (laughs) Go magpies. Go pies. How about you, Shannon? 
I have two young ones at home, so they keep me busy. Uh, and lots of video games. Yeah. Just be just played through Last of Us Two. It's amazing. Oh, you liked uh, it? Oh, yeah. It's controversial reviews on that. Nah, one. that all that all the negative stuff around that that game is fake. Sure. It's not real. Like it's amazing. If you love the first one, you'll love this one. And we haven't had Roto Hoops. That's been yeah, no hoops. That's oh. been tough. I've been shooting around on the 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 neighborhood hoops a little bit, but uh, I'm probably be packing about an extra twenty pounds <laughs> once we play again, which would it's, it's difficult because I was already packing about an extra eighty pounds. I had a, I had to cancel muscle, my though. traditional. Uh, I had to cancel the traditional spring visit to Madison, the Rotowire HQ. And we had to delay our NBA steak dinner. And I know Shannon and I are eaters. Alex, what was your standing steak league this year? I was on the bubble, but I think I might be buying. Oh, I think you're buying, brother. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna do my best to just kind of pretend that didn't exist. You know, Shannon, you guys will bring up like, hey, where are we going to do that steak dinner? I'll be like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get oh, some expensive herpins in my belly. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. In my belly. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, in addition to us opting out of playing basketball, we have some <laughs> NBA players who have also decided to opt out of basketball. We'll kind of take this one team at a time here. Um, first of all, uh, Katie and Kyrie, those were the least surprising ones for the Brooklyn Nets. But now Spencer Dinwiddie and DeAndre Jordan and Torian Prince will not be playing uh, for the Nets uh, in the bubble, which basically leaves them with Karis LeVert as their best player and uh, it's, I have a feeling it's going to be kind of ugly, but it yeah, will be. You just want to spend as little time with uh, Kyrie as possible, right? <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no, I mean, they're going to make the playoffs pretty much no matter what, uh, partially because Bradley Beal also won't be playing for Washington. So uh, the race to fall out of the eighth seed, uh, I think they're. I think they're going to make it. I think the Nets are going to re- reluctantly make it. Although I expect Orlando to jump into the seventh seed and play Toronto again in the first round. Um, I guess for we, we can just do both of these teams. I mean, Ken, you have in our notes that you wonder why. Why Washington's is Washington? In they have a record. I mean, a winning percentage of three seventy-five. They were tanking. They were not playing for anything. And, you know, we've heard that a lot of this play-in tournament is for local TV contracts and minimum games. But the Wizards own their TV network. The The Monument uh, Network is owned by Leonosis. I think I'm mispronouncing Ted's last name. Leonisis. So it's not a TV thing. But they're 375. What 375 winning percentage team deserves a spot in any kind of playoff. There's 16 games under 500. So even if they win all eight, there's still eight games under 500. That's not a playoff team. They're, they're five and a half games back of the magic. It's it's I'll say, I mean, it's not literally impossible, but it's impossible that they make the playoffs. Had Bradley Beal played, that would have been interesting, but now their team five and a half games and eight games to play. Like there's no way. Uh, yeah, Brooklyn would have had to yeah. really, there, I mean, there, it's possible. there are six games back of Brooklyn. There's no way you're going to make up six games over an eight game stretch. It just, it's not going to happen. I mean, that's, I mean, that's kind I, of, I get it that they didn't want it to be all West teams, but come on, 
Washington just has absolutely nothing to play for. It's just like an extended tryout for the last three spots on their bench for next year. I mean, we're getting off track here, but I would actually argue there's really no business for the <laughs> the West teams who are out of it right now to come back yes. either. They're all they're right. Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento, they're all three and a half games out, four games out for San Antonio, six games out for Phoenix. Phoenix and Phoenix, there's no chance. Even the game, even the teams that are three and a half games out, making up three and a half games over an eight game stretch is damn near impossible. I don't I don't think there's going to be anyone who who does make up that stretch. I think the top eight are locked in both in the east and the west. I think I mean, just from an entertainment perspective, having Phoenix in it is good because they are a good they're a fun team to watch. Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, like they're fun, they're competitive. But you're right in that it would have you could have just brought the 16 teams in that were going to make the playoffs for sure. Yeah. I still would have liked to see Portland and New Orleans battle it out. And I think the NBA uh, wanted want more Zion. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And we get to see Nurkic come back and everything like that. But like, you know, and Zach Collins, baby, don't don't what? blow off Zach Collins. <laughs> I won't. Uh, Zach Collins will. Well, he's not going to take Mello's minutes because I think Mello's sliding down to the three. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think we all wanted to see kind of that battle for the eighth seed, but the NBA didn't want to be like, hey, we're going to do a battle for the eighth seed in the West, but not in the East. And then as soon as you kind of get into that argument, then these other West teams are going to want in. And um, this is kind of what you end up with, 22 teams. Do you think Popovich where... is like, ooh, I get to play some meaningless play-in, get to coach some meaningless play-in games. Lucky me. Yeah, I don't know what, like... Hitman, like, I don't even, I mean, Scott Brooks might actually kind of have fun with it. I think the Wizards are just going to have fun with it. You know, Shabazz Napier and Thomas Bryant, you know, picking pops 48 <laughs> minutes a game. That'll be fun. That sells, that's going to get the ratings. <laughs> <laughs> you just wrote the media promo right there, baby. Uh, for How much wine do you think Popovich is taking with him on this trip? I mean, there was that one game where LeBron allegedly had wine in a coffee cup right. on the bench. I think that's going to be pop as well. <laughs> Except for his will be a clear glass. He's not even going to care. It's like, I'm so old. What Does it really matter? I mean, I hope, you know, I hope for the Spurs, at least, like they let the young guys play out. Like, I don't want to see 40 minutes of DeMar DeRozan. Like, I'd like to see a full, like, DeJounte Murray, Lonnie Walker. Lonnie, yeah. I Hopefully they'll play Lucas Samanich and, like, some other guys who they've just kind of been burying. Did I see Lonnie got a haircut? Did I see he? He did. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a whole social media post about that. You should look it up. Yes. Some personal Pretty intense. Stuff. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. As far as uh, some of the more competitive teams, Shannon, Victor Oladipo has opted out of the restart. Uh, he will not be playing, but he will be joining the team and rehabbing. As far as uh, we, uh, uh, Nick Whalen had us do a roundtable. Uh, article that we posted on the site where he asked us what we think the Pacer ceiling is without Victor Oladipo. I didn't read your answer quite yet, but what do you think this really means for them with Oladipo out? Uh, with Oladipo out, I, I essentially put them in the same category as New Jersey. We'll stick with the East as New Jersey and Brooklyn. Orlando. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brooklyn, you guys. Know I like it when he says New Jersey. You know I love it. You know it. Jason Kidd could really catch fire. They were still the New Jersey Nets for the majority of my life, so I don't even Very feel true. bad about it. Yeah. 
So Did wait, I tell wait. you guys I went to the last New Jersey Nets game with my, my son, Sam? I'm sorry. No. We had second row seats. Why would row you do seats. that to him? We had second row seats, and Evan Turner fell into us. And uh, I told him that his education at Ohio State was questionable. And he looked at me, and he goes, you're right. And then he went back to playing. <laughs> anyway, my little brush with greatness there. Sorry. I didn't, the- I didn't realize we were bringing up child abuse stories. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, Brooklyn or Orlando. Those those are the two teams in the East where I'm just like, they have zero chance. Zero chance of making any kind of dent in the playoffs. Yeah. They weren't going to compete with any other teams. I didn't. Re- I don't really, let's say, Oladipo, if Oladipo were healthy, I would not expect the Pacers to make a dent. But given... The circumstances and how wide open I think this is actually going to be, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been surprised. Like any, they were, they, them, Philadelphia, Miami, Boston, Toronto. I mean, I fully expect the Bucks to come out of the East, but any of those other teams, if Oladipo were healthy, I think Indiana was right there with any of the other ones. Without him, I think they're with Brooklyn and Orlando. They have zero chance. They're, so they're not going to make that. Just in minutes. Uh, it's the gonna cockroach. be Aaron Holiday, TJ McConnell. Yeah, TJ McConnell, Aaron Holiday, TJ Warren, McDermott, guys like that. So you don't. So if they play Miami in the first round, you think there's no chance? I think there's no chance. No chance. So like yeah. five, six games, six games max that series. No, five. I I think I think the Pacers can make it a competitive series, right? But I don't think they have a chance of winning it. Okay, I think that's I think that's fair. Their bench is really bad at this point. Like when they lost Jeremy Lamb, that hurt them a lot. Now they're down Oladipo for sure, even though Oladipo wasn't playing his best basketball. But we would have thought maybe with the time off, he could get back to his usual self. You don't, and think, Ed, you don't think Edmund Sumner off the bench will intimidate? I'm not really a Sumner guy, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, uh, I was being sarcastic. No, I know. I know. Uh, <laughs> Because Victor Oladipo, at his peak, is the best offensive player and best defensive player on the team. And there aren't a lot of teams where if you lose that guy, uh, even if he wasn't playing that well before, where you really stand a chance. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, in, a, in a normal situation, you'd say, well, it's good to get young guys like Sabonis and Turner, maybe even TJ Warren, some playoff experience for next year. But so I don't feel like anything that happens in this bizarro bubble is going to be relatable to future seasons. Do you? No. I mean, I, I think it would be good to get, you know, I mean, the thing is, this probably would have a lot of the, the like what you're alluding to, like young players getting extra minutes would have happened for a lot of these teams anyway in the final eight games of a regular season in April. But I'm, or I'm alluding to like playoff pressure, you know? Oh, you know, where suddenly the opposing team plays defense and there's a lot more bleed the clock a little and then create a shot the last three seconds. It's a different game in the playoffs. Yeah. But then I, think, I don't think whatever happens in Orlando is really going to translate that well, as opposed to, you know, like when you have a young team and they make the seventh or eighth seed, I'm not saying the Pacers are like this, but. When you have a young t- up and coming team and they sort of squeak in with a seven or eight, you know, they're going to get hammered in the first round. But you're like, yeah, but it's good for these young guys to get some real playoff experience. That's really not the case in this bizarro world. Is what I, I still I still think it stands somewhat because you're playing against other teams in a seven game series. 
I think that experience will be good. Um, but but yeah, I hear you. I agree. There's not going to be as many long-term takeaways. It's not the sellout uh, crowd going absolutely nuts. Right. Unlike, yeah, like, you know, boring regular season games. Going, yeah, being on the road in the playoffs Is with their thing. dealing with the crowd. Yeah, I think that matters more. But yeah, and I think, I think what you're saying with like you you're the seventh or the eighth seed and you get just like smoked in the first round i think that's really only valuable for your team if you have like a committed young core you know to get those guys experience like yeah. it's not like doug mcdermott for the pacers like it right. doesn't really exactly. it doesn't really matter right. but for like <laughs> right. the grizzlies getting that experience for john morant for brandon clark um for even someone like you know dylan brooks or whoever that matters um, if you have like a young core that you're committed to, and I can understand wanting to do that rather than trying to get you know one or two extra draft slots higher, um, but it's not going to matter for the guys like on the end of Indiana's bench. I don't think. So one thing I want to bring up about these guys that are sitting. So you have Dinwiddie, KD, Kyrie, T- Torian Prince, Brad Beal, and Bertans. Yeah. John Wall's out, of course. Oladipo. So we kind of know how it's going to play out in Indiana because Oladipo is out most of the year. But if you're if you're doing some kind of odd eight game league for for the (laughs) let's you know not factoring in the playoffs, let's just say you're doing an eight game league for the end of the season, or you're playing a lot of DFS over that stretch, as we all will be. Yes, I mean I am all over like for for those eight games. Levert is going to be like a top East. 20 player Yeah, over those eight games. Shabazz Napier is going to get 100 minutes a game. At least. <laughs> yeah. Troy Brown. Oh, these are the Troy. Yeah, these, Troy Brown. That's the that don't belong to be there are going to be a gold mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right now I'm I'm using our on off court stuff to try to figure out like Levert potentially. Well, they, and this will be really useful for this yeah, format, especially. multiple offs. Like, if all seven of these guys are off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking right now uh, on-off with Kyrie and Dinwiddie off the court. Per 36 minutes, Karis Levert's at 32 points, five and a half assists, five and a half rebounds, and a steal and a half. And 39% usage. And that's 330 minutes of sample. So... Oh. Bigger sample, yeah. I expect. Okay, yeah. So, I, you're right, Shannon. There's gonna top, be a lot of guys. Top twenty is easy. Top twenty is like in the bag. Like he's he he's could be top fifteen. Well, I, I want to say top ten, but I don't I don't have the stones for it. But he's <laughs> I'm picking him in the second round if I'm playing in that type of format. If it factors in playoffs, that's a whole different thing because the right Nets are out in the first round. Well, you know, speaking of the Nets, don't we need to dedicate twenty minutes to their Tyler Johnson signing? <laughs> there's the 20 seconds is good all right moving on <laughs> yeah he and Chioza, that's gonna be a just a battle royale at the pg <laughs> um so yeah we have okay so we have a lot of guys leaving but we also have some guys coming back yes primarily nurkic yusuf nurkic and zach collins for yeah, portland yeah, who yeah. we mentioned earlier i even saw someone reporting that nurkic and whiteside may play together like Nurkic at power four, which I think is insane and will last about six minutes before they pull the plug on that. But you want, I want to watch those six minutes. Oh, I do. I'm all yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tune put in. Zach Collins at the point guard. <laughs> uh, do you think that 
this I mean, do you think this makes a significant difference for them? I mean, do you really think do you think that these guys coming back is enough for Portland to jump over Memphis or do you think it's just too locked in with the way the schedule works? Mm. I'll say this. I've got Collins in a keeper league, so I'm happy to see him just to see what (laughs) he does. I got him in our keeper league. Yeah, I think I think it'll be like valuable for them. I'm sure they'll like try really hard. I'm sure they're going to be gunning for the eighth seed, like as much as possible. Um, and it'll be good to see Nurkic back. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to check the sports book right now to see what they have for odds at the eighth seed. Um, let me see here. Doing futures. Uh, playoffs. Yes or no. Let me ask that while you look that up, let me ask yes. you this, Shannon. I kind of assume the Blazers are the biggest threat to Memphis, but should I be thinking Pelicans instead? What do you think, Shannon? That's a good question. Yeah. I hmm. Pelicans have the easiest schedule, I think, if that matters. Yeah, I still think it's Portland just because it's whoever stays healthiest. Uh, you know, if 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 Dame was somehow test positive uh and was shut down, then 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 it's not Portland. But if Portland's healthy, I, I would give it to Portland just because of their experience. Okay. Thank you for that question, Ken, because it set it set this up. So uh FanDuel Sportsbook, uh the Portland Trailblazers to make the playoffs, and this has a caveat that potential playing tournament does not count as playoffs. So this is presumably to just land the eighth seed. Portland to make the playoffs is plus four twenty. New Orleans to make the playoffs is plus two fifty. That's a pretty Whoa. big gap. Is that Zion hype? That seems like Zion hype. Zion hype plus an easier schedule. And I think a better all-around team from like position to position. I guess, but with very little playing very little experience playing together. Right. What what is Memphis to make the playoffs? Minus one forty. Okay. You can get them at plus one twenty to miss. I'm not sure that's great value. No. Um, I don't know. I'm hoping Clark's healthy, right? Brandon Clark. Yeah. Yeah. He's good. He's ready. I don't know. Hopefully it's interesting. Hopefully we see the play in tournament, uh, coming into play in the West. Like I said, I don't think it's possible in the East. I think it would be very surprising, but in the West, we could see that play in scenario play out and that would be, that'd be great. No matter which two teams, you know, if it's Memphis and Portland, Memphis and, in New Orleans, I think everyone or most NBA fans outside of Memphis probably would prefer it's Portland and New Orleans who plays in that. But I don't I would I'd love to watch that's unimaginable. I'd love to watch Memphis. I would prefer from an entertainment perspective that the Pelicans play the Lakers in the first round. Oh, yeah, that would be, be incredible. Be, you got the Lonzo, Lonzo and Ingram going up against former teams. Zion against LeBron and AD. I mean, I. I can understand why the NBA expanded the rosters enough to try and make that happen. Because that's a huge draw. Because I don't know how many people are going to... Uh, John Morant's great. Is people it a huge draw if the Lakers sweep them, though, and just prove that all those guys were kind of garbage? I'd still watch. I think I'd watch every game still. All right. So for with, let's take this back to players returning, and we have Nurkic and Collins. If you're drafting for... That plays out. If you're drafting a league. It plays out the remainder of the season, the eight games, plus the playoffs. There's no way you draft 
Whiteside, Nurkic, or Collins, right? Like it's a big ding to Whiteside's value. I mean, yeah. he's been a great all year. Mm-hmm. Absolute beast. One of the best centers in fantasy this year. Yeah, no question. Well, unless, but I was terrified you, to select him for this. But if you get him cheap and you kind of think, I don't know if Collins or Nurkic are really ready to go 100%. You know, will they be play one, sit one? I mean, the blocks are going to be there for Whiteside. It's it's tough though because if you were like if if Shannon's saying if you're pay, playing the full eight games plus plus the playoffs plus which, the playoffs which is probably going to be the most common I'm yeah. assuming that's going to be the most common league played I don't know fantasy postseason is just doing playoffs by the way fantasypostseason.com yeah, is just doing the actual playoffs. yeah aside you're right, right right sure but either way like because you would rather have Brandon Clark right than you know like yeah. Nurkic or Whiteside. I, uh, the Nurkic, mm. yes. I don't know about the Nurkic okay. college. Sure, I mean I don't most like most likely. I'm gonna I'm gonna heavily favor players in that in that format. Players who are already locked into a playoff spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree with you on that. Um, okay, so we saw the other day, I guess two days ago. Uh, we, but by the way, while we're piling on the nets, we forgot sure. to mention DeAndre Jordan. Also, oh yeah. Hopefully Jared Allen gets 35 minutes and they can like finally like give up what a we've all been Jordan. waiting to see for what feels like forever. <laughs> so there, there's good comp. If I have to pick between Jared Allen and Whiteside, I'm picking, I'm picking Jared. Yeah, Allen it's not even all close. Day. I don't yeah. think. Yeah. Um, okay. Might so we get a lot of shots. He could, I hope he takes some threes. Um, so we saw the other day a article come out about the Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell chemistry <laughs> slash tension, and Nick and I talked a, also a lot an article, about it. Also an article subsidiary of that of Gobert kind of whining that people have been mean to him. And I feel like you remember touching everyone's microphones, right, Rudy? Well, in that, in that article, they talk about how some of this tension between Mitchell and Gobert started before the coronavirus oh. thing and that they don't really they have a professional relationship in the same way that like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid have a professional relationship. Um, and you brought this up, Ken, as a, a potential topic of teams with good and bad chemistry. Right. And I thought that that was interesting that the Jazz are kind of having these issues. Mitchell and Gobert can kind of try to sweep this under the rug, uh, but it's not good. And they lost Bogdanovich, who's a huge portion of their team. Yeah. Uh, he's not coming to the to the bubble, uh, which is someone that we forgot to mention earlier. Oh, yeah, I looked right. up, I looked up their their numbers without Bogdanovich, and it is bad. Like they're minus three points per one hundred possessions with Bogdanovich off the court. Royce O'Neal is not bailing them out with three seconds on the shot clock very often. No, he's and not. Mike, Mike Conley has suddenly forgotten how to shoot. So, I, I guess as a jumping off point for this team, do you think their bad chemistry could? I guess, Ken, since you, you kind of had this topic in mind, would you be surprised if they got bounced in the first round by someone like OKC, who, by all accounts, may have some of the best chemistry in the league? I expect it. Okay. I'm with you. I okay. I, I I am worried about Utah uh, and the chemistry. I think chemistry is going to be gigantic in the playoffs mm-hmm. this year. I think it's going to be one of the probably – yeah, to be self-motivated. There's no crowd cheering you on. I, I do believe chemistry is going to be probably one of the two or three biggest determining factors in who wins, which is why, like, 
to me, the Bucks, again, I'm not a Bucks fan. Just so, just so everybody knows, not a Bucks fan. But I think their chemistry is probably unmatched or close to it. Um, they have the talent as well, and those are probably the two biggest things that I'm looking at for this bubble scenario. Um, you know, one of the questions that was asked by Nick to our NBA editorial team this week was the Rockets are currently the third favorite to come out of the West. You know, is that right? If, if it's not the rocket, are the Rockets third, third best team out of the West? If, if they aren't, who is? And my first instinct was to go to chemistry. Okay. If it's not the Rockets, who would it be? And I thought, Nuggets. Denver, Denver, and Utah. Yeah, Denver. I think is a no-brainer. I think they're gonna. They have great chemistry. Uh, yep. Those players of the vast majority of their core has been playing together for multiple years mm-hmm. right. and mm-hmm. been healthy, mm-hmm. um, which is very important. They've all grown together, which which is certainly helpful as well. So Denver and the, and the addition Jeremy Grant is a great glue team guy. You know, yep. he's not. A, you know, he's he's only adding to that chemistry. Absolutely. Um, you know, I. So they were my. Those the Nuggets and, and Utah were my first two. And then I thought more about Utah. I thought about the tension between Gobert and Mitchell, you know, the top two guys on that team. Right. Um, the fact that Bogdanovich is going to be out like that's big. That's it's really huge. big for them. Conley might miss time because he's uh, got a baby due. His, his mm-hmm. wife's got a baby due. Uh, so it's it's tough. I Utah, I, I don't expect much of if anything from, you know, if, if Dallas, OKC, these other teams, they could easily rattle off an extent, an extended playoff run. Uh, OKC, they've got the veteran leadership with Adams and Chris Paul. Yep. You've got that young blood and SGA, like they've seemed to have great chemistry all year, year, year round, even though they haven't really played together that long. Dallas, you could argue they haven't logged enough minutes together, but Luke is like, uh, he's phenomenal. Yeah. And you Porzingis can pull Gobert, Gobert away from the basket yeah. and stuff like that. I, I wish also, to, to the kind of the original question of the Rockets themselves. I'm still not sold on them playing small ball defense. I'm not sold. They can, I'm not sold. They can play playoff defense without a center. Like they can get away with it with a little smoke and mirrors in the regular season, I, but I would I, think in a seven-game series, I still want to see them prove it on the defensive side. I'm with you. I think I think the smoke and mirrors thing works. You know, the small ball, PJ Tucker, Covington team defense. I think that 100% can work against more unskilled bigs, like guys who aren't good at passing out of double teams or guys who can't or, aren't. Or good when you're post. facing a team who's got three games in one week. Sure. So the prep for the Rockets is one day, not a week. Right. Yeah. The The question is, how do they do against Jokic? A, yeah. a guy who can just shoot over everybody uh, and can pass out of a double team. How do they do against guys like Anthony Davis, even against guys like Giannis, if you play Giannis at the five? Yeah. Um, we didn't get to see that much of the the true Rockets small ball team without Clint Capella. We got like 11 games or something before the season suspended. Really, it looked really good, though. The numbers back it up. Yes. And I, 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 I do believe the Rockets are the third best team in the West and should be the odds should, should be over Denver. I do. I think Denver's their biggest challenger for the third best seed in the West. Yep. Uh, but the Rockets, I just hard, both Harden and Westbrook, 
either one of them. They have two guys. There's not many teams with two guys. Yes, there are others. Right. But, you know, Lakers, obviously. I think uh, we're, we got to wager a beer at Bucky's over this. There's not many teams that have two individual players who either one, they don't need both, but either one could win a series single-handedly. Two MVPs. Uh, two beer. recent MVPs on the same Shannon, team. we got to go beer. You take Rockets. I got the Nuggets. Whoever yeah. goes further. Deal. I, I'm I'm with you on that, Shannon. I, I think that having the Rockets as the third uh, likely team to come out of the West makes sense because of like having the two former MVPs on the same team. Like the star talent of the Rockets and their high variance play, like it just I think I think it makes sense to put them there from an odds perspective. But I am also with you in that I love the Nuggets in this format, especially yes. since they are yeah. they're I think they're the deepest team in the league. Uh from like a guy a roster that goes, you know, ten to twelve deep. So and really, really what it, we're saying here is once again Alex will have a root beer while he watches us. Yes. One of us I mean, enjoy our wager. The rock the flip floppy root beer. The, the the Nuggets are most likely going to be the two or three seed. And the Rockets, they're currently the sixth seed, but they're only a game out of the fourth fourth seed. So I think they'll make that up, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I think both could end up being top four seeds. So Was it Shannon who said, and I kind of agree with this, OKC does look pretty tight. A lot of roster changes last summer, but they certainly yeah. they certainly look like they played well together. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they have, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're just good. They have the 13th best offense and the 10th best defense. Like, you know, and they have a, their starting five is fantastic. You know, their bench is pretty questionable, but if you can get, you know, 40 minutes, I got SGA, you know, you're going to get 35 minutes. I got Gallo, hopefully 35, I got Chris Paul. And as long as the other guys can do what they've been doing all year, just defend and hustle, then beating the jazz or someone comparable in a, you know, a, uh, a seven-game series isn't really that far-fetched, I don't think. Um, okay, so that pretty much covers the West, I think. Um, but do you guys... I, I guess this was also another question that Nick asked in the roundtable. We'll, we'll repurpose it. Which team do you think has the best chance to knock off the Bucks and potentially go to the NBA Finals? Well, you know where I'm going. I know where you're going. I want to hear the argument. I at least want to hear the argument. I know where you're going. Celtics, because I, like Shannon said with the Bucks, I think the Celtics, now that Kyrie Irving does not play there anymore, they have great chemistry. Kemba is a great glue guy whose knee, by the way, is healthier than it's ever been with his time in Boston. I have, I just think they're a great bunch. I think um, Coach Stevens is also a good motivator. I just and they have guys that can score at crunch time, which I don't see as much on Toronto. The playoffs, you face tighter D's, your plays break down more often. You have to have someone like Jason Tatum that can score on their own. I mean, I think a Celtics Bucks Eastern final would be fantastic, and I'm really crossing my fingers and toes hoping that that happens. I I do view it as Milwaukee is just a country mile ahead of anyone else in the East. Um, and then the next five teams, Toronto, Boston, Miami. Um, I'm sorry, next four teams, Toronto, Boston, Miami, and, Philadelphia. And, Phil- and Philadelphia. I, I, I think they're no chemistry at all. Given. Philly. Yes. But I would also argue they have the best player out of all four no of those outside teams. outside shooting. That's fine. That's fine. I, I do. I, I, I will, 
concede the fact that their chemistry is probably not great. And this goes against my chemistry argument from earlier. Absolutely. But Joe, of those four teams, those other, those four teams in the East that I believe are at least should be considered contenders. Joel Embiid is the best player on those four teams. And I believe he has it in him to carry a team through a playoffs, given this scenario in this type of bubble. Um, so that's the team. If I'm picking one, it's him just being a monster for three You're or four taking weeks. The 76ers. If All I'm right, picking so one of those four, I'm what's doing our it. wager. Yes. Okay. So what's our wager for Celtic Sixers? Who goes farther? I don't care. Whatever you, you name it and it's, mm. it's done. Uh, let's go boxer shorts. I need a pair of Celtic boxers. I've been wanting to buy you underwear for so long, <laughs> Ken. Preferably in mohair. I'm going to have to find a tailor willing to make me a mohair Celtic boxer shorts. I'm going to pivot off that pretty quickly. <laughs> I think, um, so I think, I think one thing fueling your argument, Ken, is the Celtics have been great against great teams all year. Um, they're uh, against you know, top 10 teams, basically against the teams with the, t- the 10 best net ratings. Boston it has the best point differential against those teams. They're plus 5.6 points per 100 possessions against top 10 teams. That is a huge jump over the number two team, which is the Lakers at plus 1.9. So they have a huge gap. They have the best defense and the second guess, best offense against top teams. So that's a huge argument in their favor. I don't know how much of that is noise, but it seems pretty significant. That said, I'm actually with Shannon, and I know that kills you. You're taking um, the Sixers? Yeah, I am. I've been. All, oh. I've been. I've liked the Sixers all year, and I don't want to back off now. Um, Fine, I just think they sandwich. have. That's our, you and I deli sandwich. <laughs> yes, I will. I will bet you a deli sandwich. Excellent. Uh, I just think they have the best personnel to guard Giannis. Like they have three guys. You're not going to get to Giannis. But if we're talking about the first round, they're not going. to They're going to lose to. I don't even know who they're going to play in the first round. Actually, it's kind of close. But I'm I'm guessing they're not going to drop to eighth and have to face the Bucks in the first round. They're going to have to play Boston, Toronto, Miami. I mean, you can you can say they have bad they have bad chemistry, but they almost made the Eastern Conference Finals last year. They should have. They sh- look. I love Al Horford, but he that is not what that team needed. It needed outside shooting. That's fine. I don't disagree with you. I I they just lost shooting in Redick. And they sort of threw money, but many many more years out. To Horford, bad fit. This is a bad fit. If you lost Embiid for the year, great move. But they just uh, so it's not a big man's NBA anymore. Ken, you're not worried about Gordon Hayward missing some time in the playoffs? I am. No, that's, that's the, that is the Boston Achilles heel is when does the paternity leave happen? But, you know, he didn't start all their games for him. But that is you're, you're at, you have hit on the, the one raw nerve I have for the Celtics to, to not do well in this. That and their total, I mean, their, their front court is probably I, I i get we can slot tatum or hayward into the four spot but their center rotation and their front court is so weak uh i i don't know i i think a team like philadelphia it's going to be different in the playoffs but we'll see i like boston i like them a lot i think they're a very good team i don't think anyone's going to sniff the bucks 
So in the end, it doesn't matter. But give me Philly. Well, yeah. speaking of the Bucks and who is and is not returning, I believe Milwaukee is at full strength, right? I don't. There are no issues, no uh, health issues, no opting out issues, no. Everybody's top notch, right? As far as I know, everyone's top notch. No, you know, waiting paternity leaves or anything like that. Um, we and should Wesley mention Matthews is still forty-eight years old, but that's if that's your biggest concern. Well, no he's problem. the one. He's the one guarding LeBron in the finals. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, we should actually mention that Gorgon Hayward thing because some people might not know. And we kind of we brushed over it a little quick. Gorgon Hayward will be taking paternity leave in September. That is happening. Yeah. So whether or not the Celtics are there or not, uh, but that's that's pretty big. Like he's been inconsistent for yes. for the Celtics this year, but. His overall body of work, if you just look at his his stats, have been good. It's 17 points, six rebounds, four assists. He's shooting 50% from the field, 39 from three. That's and he, really good. He does do non-box score things, yes. meaning he makes a lot of great hockey passes, you know, the hockey assists. Uh, he can rebound when needed. He can switch like everybody else on the Celtics. Like, I mean, he's no Marcus Smart, but... He does non-box score things as well. He keeps the offense moving. I um, would, especially when, when there, there are times when Kemba, and rightly so, goes into score first mode, and that requires other passers on the floor. He often fills that that role. I mean, Hayward's been good enough that I think there's a legit argument that this is his has been his best season to date as an NBA player. Now there there's not his, not his last year in Utah, huh? Yeah. No, no, even better than that. Even I'm saying there's a legit argument. I'm not saying I'm going to make the argument. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, he scored. Case can be made. Yeah, his he he was score. He's scoring 18 points, under 18 points per game this year. You know, he had 19, 20, 22 points per game, but he's got career high in rebounds, career high in shooting percentage by a significant margin. Yeah. Other than his one, yeah, no, we're not going to count the one in his first game in Boston. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, his shooting percentage is he has the much advantage. higher. I'm not, I'm not digging it, Hayward. His but. usage is way down. I'm yeah. saying he, overall, you could argue he's having argue. the best season of, right. of his career or one of the two or three best seasons right. of his career. Like, there's a lot, he's been really good this year. He was, especially his last few years in Utah, kind of their top option, right? So he, he got yeah. all the focus of the defense, which he doesn't face with the Celtics. Um, but yeah, he's having a quality year. And so, yeah, him being out is going to stink. Yeah. He's a uh, 52nd in fantasy right now on a per game basis. As last I, year, I, I do wonder how, how, well, so then actually this brings up a good point. How long will he be out? What's the rule? Did I see seven days? You got to be um, incubated or what's the term? Four days, I believe. Uh, it, yeah. So, but, so it's however much time away plus an additional four days at minimum. Plus two negative so tests. Probably yes. he's at least missing six days. I don't know how many games will be in six days. I'm assuming he's going to be – He he's a family guy. I think he's probably going to end up taking like a week away. Plus I think he's going to be gone a good 10 days at minimum. But uh, eh, that could just be four, three or four games. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure what the playoff schedule is going to look like, considering there's no travel anymore. Right. You know, are they just going to go every other day? Are they still going to put that gap, that right. like two day gap, um, stuff like that? But 
yeah, the 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 drop from Gorgon Hayward to Grant Williams and Semi Ojale is pretty significant. Uh, well, Marcus will get a lot more minutes. Um, but he, uh, he will. But but you're right. You're right. We don't want to be leaning on Wanamaker too much. No, <laughs> no not necessarily. Uh, okay. Um, do you guys have any concern? I'm going to bounce back to the Rockets for a sec, actually. Do you guys have any concern that Hargan and Westbrook are going to get mad at each other at some point in the playoffs? A distinct possibility. Two alpha males, especially if things go bad early. Right. They start pointing fingers a little. Because they basically play the same position. So you got two guys playing the same position in the playoffs who are going to want the ball. And it's a little bit it's a little bit different than, you know, like a Katie Russ thing. It's different than like, uh, you know, Giannis Middleton. It's different than LeBron, AD. Those guys play different positions and have very different roles. I still think it'll be fine, but I think there is it could get pretty if it's if it's a game seven in the first round or something like that, if it gets ugly quick. I'm a little worried that they're going to, I don't want to say ice each other out, but it's just going to, it's, it's going to feel off. Yeah. It would not be surprising if that happened. Um, but we also have to remember they came up together. Yeah. Uh, they have a lot of experience playing together yeah. in the playoffs as well. Uh, it's not like this is, this is their first year playing together on, on, on the Rockets, play. but, yeah. Yeah. but they are in the finals together. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, we talked about how the numbers look pretty good for what the 11 games were, but that was an awfully small sample size. I, I think, I just think there's a wide array of outcomes here that 11 regular season games didn't prove, didn't prove much long term. You could argue that was still honeymoon phase of the small ball lineup. We'll, I, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I, I'm with you. But I, I'm saying like the the uh, like the season long sample of like no Clint Capella on the court is also good. Like across the entire season, mm, okay. uh, like without Clint Capella, there are like f- it's five points. Uh, although Chandler would need to come off the court, too. But either way, I think I think. Well, I, let me flip it. Let me say it another way. They have not had that many games with Robert Covington, who's going to yes. be crucial. Yes. Yeah. With yeah, Covington's been incredible. Like his his defensive stats have been awesome. Uh, obviously, been hitting threes for them. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see them. I want to see it. You know, I know a lot of people don't like the small Covington ball thing. St- Covington always a stats darling, but hard to point to any playoff success with Mr. Covington. The rare opportunities he's had, I remember. Just terrible against the Celtics in one series where he got benched with Philly. Um, yeah, he's only had 10 playoff games. I think game. Shannon's with me. The playoffs, are, as an old guy, I feel it's my moral obligation to say the playoffs are a different animal. Oh, they are. They absolutely are. Thank you. Uh, and there's my old man rant because I didn't prepare one. There's my other uh, rant. Pandemics, bad. Very true. Um, is there anything else you guys want to hit on uh, before we we you guys got any strong takes you want to throw out on you know uh, like long shot odds guys you think should definitely win any awards um, anything like that? Ooh, um, yeah. Let's let's talk about let's talk about uh, 
His most oh, improved. I... Let's talk about his most improved award. It's a good ballot. It's a all great right. ballot this year. Very good ballot. Yeah. Like all everyone listed is deserving. Yes. So all right, here's the list. Bam, Adebayo, Brandon Ingram, Luka Doncic. I can't even say his name. Jason Tatum, Devontae Graham, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Trey Young, (laughs) and and Sabonis. Any one of those guys can win, and I'd be like, I'm not mad about it. Yep. Any single one. But if you're picking one, who gets your vote? You want to go first, Ken? Okay. He's a favorite. He is the favorite. Minus 140. I'm going chalk. It's a boring pick, but I feel like I, I would argue he's played... Certainly than Ingram, anyway. He's played the most meaningful games. Like, Ingram, a lot of ways, was on a bad Pelicans team and getting extra shots that maybe he shouldn't have got just because uh, Zion was out. I just feel like his, his, his stats are a little soft or a little falsely inflated. A bit in the Harvey Grant scenario, if you'll recall, of prior podcasts. I, uh... I think that's a good pick. I, I, my choice is Brandon Ingram, but I think it's really, really close. If we're talking odds, I like the plus two sixty you get with Ingram. Well, yeah, yeah. But um, I just think you're right in that Autobio's improvement on a winning team is really important. Uh, I also think Ingram went up like two levels because he he became a way more efficient shooter. He went from and he went from shooting like 33% on threes on two attempts and 67% on free throws to shooting 39% on threes on six attempts and 86% on free throws. Uh, it's 24 points on 18 shots. I think he just improved as an efficient shooter and as a playmaker Yeah. with higher mm-hmm. usage. And there are not very many players who get way more usage and improve both as a shooter and a playmaker and have the ability to like drive a team. Even if some of those shots are meaningless... He's been efficient on them. Um, I just value that more than like I think the improvements that Autobio has made. But it's it's very close, and so, I wouldn't be angry if Autobio won. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take your Ingram taking that like two level enhancement to his game, and give you Devonte Graham's thirteen hundred level sure. advantage. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. I to me to me it's Devonte Graham. He went from absolutely no one, and, and maybe I'm just looking at it from a fantasy perspective too much. I don't think so because because there's no one outside of Hornets fans who knew who he was. That's <laughs> true. Like but, he but was, he's he's almost my Harvey Grant Award winner of the year. Just terrible roster. Terrible. Yeah, that's yeah. That's if you t- if you talk about team dynamics, and that's why I think he won't win it. Is because it's a horrible team. Someone has to do what he's doing. Right. Um, they they didn't win games. So I, I do. I think SGA is going to get more consideration than him, even though he's got longer odds. Um, Tatum, take Tatum, Luca, Trey. Those guys all made significant strides, but they also were expected strides. Sure. I, don't, I don't think any of them were like it maybe is a. I, I, no, I don't think any of them is it a surprise, the levels that they've reached this year. Um, Sabonis, kind of the same thing. Like, he was already on that trajectory. That That's why I personally, I look at Graham, and Graham's the only one who wasn't. No one expected this of him. So, and, and he went from, you know, a bit player who 
played whatever 10 minutes game in 50 appearances his rookie year to someone score 18 and seven this year. And one of the more productive guards in the Eastern conference. I'm, I'm with you on that. I think like you mentioned the things working against him, but you know, I, I think like people don't want to give most improved to a guy who like basically didn't play during his rookie year. Um, but he played, like you mentioned, he played, he played almost 700 NBA minutes, which is a significant amount. It's not like we didn't, it's not like he didn't exist. He played and he just wasn't doing much, but the leap that he made, you're right, is huge. Um, in terms of this though, go ahead. And maybe the Hornets won't improve enough for it to matter. I mean, what round do you take Graham in a standard 12 team draft next year? Next year, this that's fall. A good Sorry, <laughs> whatever I mean, the hell the off season is. <laughs> well, this so this year in total production, he was thirty third. Yeah, I want to say he's probably if if a draft is done today for the twenty twenty one season, I would guess a fifth or sixth round pick. But I might be short selling him. Like he could easily be a fourth rounder. That's I don't think he's cracking the, the third round yet. I, by all accounts, he's. I, don't, I know I don't he's know had that value this year, yeah. but I just would be surprised. Yeah, I mean, he's. Just, I don't think the Hornets are going to get like a ton better. The ball is still being in his hands a ton. I don't, it's not going back to Rozier. It's, Miles Bridges isn't going to turn into a point guard. Like, you know, That's Graham's right. averaging 18 <laughs> points on 15 shots, seven and a half assists, three turnovers. Like, he's been a great point guard. His two point percentage is awful, but you know, his th- he's hitting a ton of threes. They'd yeah. be crazy not to squeeze every drop of production out of him they can get next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's the one. Everyone else made made gains, obviously, on this list. Yeah. He's the one, though, that I'm just like the, an incredible amount. The biggest leap. Of improvement. Yeah. Absolutely, biggest. absolutely. And he's well, and frankly, most improved player may be the most vaguest or least defined of all the big awards, right? You, you could argue till the cows come home. And, and Devonte Graham is, he's 11 to one, which is good value, but this is a, t- this is a rough field to bet on for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. You want to wrap this up with a quote, Ken? I do have our traditional end quote and it's from Sir Charles, Sir Charles Barkley. And actually it's, uh, I'm going to quiz you guys. I'm going to read the quote. Then you tell me who he's talking about. Here's the quote from last year. We're not here that, we we're let me start over. We're not there yet, but pretty soon little black kids in the hood will be wearing his jersey. End quote. Who is he talking about? We mentioned him in the pod today. Oh boy. Uh <laughs> wait, we're 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 supposed to listen to your quotes? <laughs> <laughs> he was saying that about Luka Doncic. Luca. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so attention passengers. This three car fair fantasy train wreck has hit the end of the line. <laughs>